0: Welcome to the Innovative Business Podcast from the Hankamer School of Business at Baylor University. I'm Justin Walker, and today I'm joined by Associate Dean of Diversity and Belonging, Cindy Wu. Thanks for joining us, Cindy.
1: Oh, thank you. It's my pleasure.
0: So, Cindy, uh, how long have you been uh, the Associate Dean for Diversity and Belonging?
1: This is my second year, and the position was newly created, and uh, I started this position last July.
0: Very nice. Very nice. And how long have you been at Baylor?
1: I've been at Baylor since 2003. It's been a long time. It has, <laughs> <laughs> yes,
0: but you've clearly made your mark here. And people to having you. So <laughs> what was your role prior to this?
1: I was a professor. I still am a professor of human resource management in the Department of Management.
0: Very nice. So tell me a little bit about what diversity and belonging means to you as well as what it means to the Hankamer School of Business.
1: I think it might be helpful just to tell a little bit of my background and why I'm passionate about this work, because part of that is also our lived experiences, right? Absolutely. And then I would say I was a first-gen college student, first one in my family to graduate college, and then um, I was also uh, apparently um person of color and a woman. And I was also the first one in my family that became a Christian. I was born and raised a Buddhist. So in many, many ways, I felt different. But at the same time, along the way, in my study and in my career, I have found communities embracing me and Christian brothers and sisters reaching out to me. And I have felt this sense of belonging because of this embrace and because of Christ's love. So I felt like, you know, when we were emphasizing the differences and the diversity, there's a way to bring people together. And I have lived that. I have experienced that. And I would love for people to experience that as well.
0: That's beautiful. That's be- and I, I know that you've talked a lot about the Christian aspect of belonging.
1: Absolutely.
0: You've said in the past, and, and Saint Deep has stressed this as well, the Christ-centered diversity, Christ-centered mm-hmm. culture. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little bit about that?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's worth mentioning that within our business school here, Sandeep summarized three pillars for our school, and those are purposeful research, experiential, and innovative learning. And the third pillar is Christ-centered diversity. So from here, we could probably see the importance of christ Center diversity within our business school. So the big question is what do we mean by christ Center diversity, right, and how is that different from the quote-unquote worldly diversity and how do we talk about diversity in a Christian context as well. In fact, I conducted an employee and student DIB survey last spring, this immediate past spring, and that was one of the most prominent voices coming from the survey. People wanted to know how we might talk about diversity in a Christian context and what does that mean and how are we going to approach this issue. So from our school, we grab onto Revelation 7-9, the script the passage there, um, basically it says um, the multitude of people from every nation, tribe, people, and language standing before the throne and before the Lamb. So from this passage, what we can see apparently is a representation of diversity, right? But more importantly, if we pay attention to the second part of the passage, we also see that people are gathering here standing before the throne and before the Lamb. Um, so it's not only about diversity representation, but it also it's also about unity. It's also about a purpose. And the purpose is people gather to stand before the throne of the Lamb. Um, so from there, I think the, the approach we have is, yes, we want a representation, we want a diversity, because ultimately when we get to heaven, when we look at the kingdom, what the kingdom should look like, we see diversity. But in the meantime, we wanted to come here for a purpose. We wanted to bring people to stand before the throne and before the Lamb. And ultimately, our sense of belonging can only be found deeply satisfied, deeply rooted when we realize that we belong to Christ. So that's our um, that's our mantra, and that's our approach to thinking about and talking about diversity and belonging and in a Christian context.
0: You mentioned the surveys uh, mm-hmm. that— students, staff, faculty Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. all participated in. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: You you know, what were some of the themes that you found from that? Like, why was it necessary for us to further pursue a deeper understanding of diversity and belonging here?
1: Yes, um, yes. um, As soon as I stepped into the position, one of the first things I wanted to understand is where we were, right? Where we were uh, in terms of the diversity and equality, the DIB space. I wanted to see where we are, what people's needs are, and what people's concerns are, and how might we move forward with these um, issues. So fortunately, we did not find many differences between demographic groups. So I think we can rest more or less rest assured that you know we don't see much of the overt discrimination here. But at the same time the loudest voice, emerging voices, people really, really wanted to know how we should talk about diversity and belonging in a Christian context. Mm-hmm. And that's understandable because this term, the DI term, has been so controversial. Right? Yes. It has been so controversial, so divisive um, so um, people were wondering, how are we going to talk about it and what will we be doing in our Christian business school? So that was the number one emerging voice from that survey. And secondly, especially from the student group, they wanted a better sense of community faculty staff as well. I think our building is really, really nice, but it's not particularly conducive to people gathering. We take our little corner in our own departments and we hang out with coworkers we know, and it, unless there's a good reason for us to step out of our little suite, it's hard to really meet people. So people have this have expressed this um, desire to have a better sense of community, And the students also said they wanted to see more things happening in the atrium for people to mingle, to get to know one another. And they also wanted to see more cultural celebration. So those are the main things emerging from the survey. Um, Yeah, those are the main findings.
0: And I know we've, especially you, have taken significant steps to address these findings. One of the ways that we've utilized the atrium here in the Foster Campus for Business Innovation is the Moon Festival. Um, Can you talk about what happened there and what were some of the responses to it?
1: Um, The Moon Festival was actually spearheaded by the accounting department. I think accounting department is one of the most um, aware departments in terms of um, promoting the cultural diversity. So they spearheaded this effort, and when the Moon Festival came, Moon Festival is one of the major Chinese festivities festivals, holidays, and then one of the Chinese faculty members in the department decided this is a wonderful time and wonderful opportunity for us to celebrate and also to educate everyone what other cultures are doing and celebrating. So uh, she worked with uh, some student workers and also the finance office here to procure I don't remember how many mooncakes there. But then um, on the day of the celebration, they had a table set up um, in the atrium. Um, giving out mooncakes to the students, and also with that mooncake is a little message of the origin of the moon festival and the story, and how it relates to the gospel. Mm-hmm. So it's not it's not in parallel with the gospel, but more pointing to um, the fact that human desire for God. Is showing in different forms, different ways, in different cultures and different folk tales. And this is one of them. So I think it's a great way for the Christian students for us to realize um, when we engage with people, when we engage with culture, we gain better understanding of where the conversation should go and how we we, uh, engage people to have the meaningful conversation and eventually pulling them to Christ. Absolutely. So, yeah, so that was that particular festival.
0: That's incredible. We also hosted the Global Cultural Fest mm-hmm. a few, uh, I guess, a few weeks ago, yes, correct? Yes, um, So can you explain what that was and who was involved in, in putting that on?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so Professor Wayne Hampton teaches a course on doing business across cultures. And in that course, he already asked the students to come up with a final project to present Different countries and cultures and their business ethics. Uh, so she, so he and I, we were brainstorming: Is there any way to scale up this? Because the students are presenting to their peers, can we level it up to present it to the whole business school? So to educate not only the students in that particular classroom, but to the whole business school. So we were brainstorming how that might happen and the benefit of it and how to make it happen. And then that's when this Global Cultural Fest idea came to life. And so that was basically a student-led project and the 13 countries were were represented at that time, and then each country, each group of the students were tasked with uh, interactive activities, and uh, they needed to introduce the country's cultural etiquettes, and uh, also the business etiquettes, and then we also encouraged them to bring food, (laughs) 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 to bring food, and to think of ways to involve the students, and then at the At the event, uh, we handed out the passports, the little passports for the student attendees, and they had the task to go through the different countries and gain those stamps from the countries. And at the end, if they got stamps from all the countries, we give them the McBride Center for Global Business, was also a partner, and then the McBride will offer them a little prize. So that was a way to engage the students with different cultures Educational and hopefully it was also fun for the students.
0: Oh, I'm sure it was a blast. And so another initiative or another program that y'all started up is the social hour each mm-hmm. month. Can you tell us a little bit about what that looks like and and how that come to be?
1: Yeah, definitely. So um, in response to the students, res- the students. Voice of wanting to have more things in the atrium and more opportunities to mingle, to socialize with people. We were thinking, well, if we have something downstairs in the atrium and for people to come and go. And they can be free to socialize and mingle with people, and not only for students, but also for faculty and staff, Mm -hmm. right, especially our staff members. They most of the time bury their heads in what they need to do in order for things to happen, those heroes behind the scenes. Uh, So we wanted to have an occasion where everybody can come out and just mingle with one another. But then we were also, also thinking Christ-centered diversity, we got we to gotta utilize this opportunity to, to somehow um, make it a little educational as well. So my, I have a Christ-centered diversity and belonging council, and my council and I, we were brainstorming the ideas. So we came up with this idea to celebrate a Christian virtue that's critical to Christ-centered belonging. That's critical to promoting this Christ-centered diversity and belonging. How we might live together with people who are different from us. Who may, um, yeah, just how we, what kind of virtue we need to develop in order to live better with others, work better with others. And so we decide to celebrate a virtue each month. The first one was just last Friday, last Thursday? Last Thursday, I think. Yeah, and the timing was also from the student survey results. That was the most voted results, the timing from the students. They yeah. told us that's the favorite time um, out of the choices we gave them. Uh, so Thursday afternoon, late afternoon, we pulled out a cocoa bar, a hot cocoa bar there uh, for people to come over and have a cup of hot cocoa. And then meanwhile, we, this month we celebrated the theme of hope, in light of the Advent season. Uh, So we had a definition of hope, big poster there, and we had three easels also there. Uh, With each easel, we had also a prompt for everybody to engage and to think about what Christ-centered hope means. Mm -hmm. And when we go through challenges, how Christ-centered hope has helped us and how Christ-centered hope... Is seen in the business world. So we had these different prompts for people to put the sticker note, sticky notes on, and then just to chat with people. And we also made a little um, pins, the wearable buttons for whoever wants to wear them. And this button said, "How can I pray for you? How can I encourage you?" And also. Christ changed my life. Ask me how. So it's an easy way for us to remind ourselves: uh, we are here to engage people. We're here to engage the conversation with with uh, the students or coworkers and whoever. So, uh, so that's that's the idea. That's the idea of the social hour. And the first social hour, I would say, from the responses I heard. People were favorable, very favorable responses from from the from the first social hour. Um, people who did not normally go out of their office to meet people came out.
0: Yeah, That's I think
1: I think the social hour really gave people a reason to come out without feeling guilty, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> because it's institutionalized, right? And then I've also heard uh, students really was surprised by such a gesture. At the end of the day and when they were burying their heads in studying for the finals and classes, and they got this opportunity and then they read the sticky notes and they shared their thoughts um, it was it was really it was really great in my opinion
0: I mean it sounds like a, such a beautiful opportunity for students and faculty and staff to to come together and and recognize that we're kind of facing Similar challenges, mm-hmm. they just may look a little different on the outside. Mm-hmm. I did hear a rumor that it was such a popular event that y'all <laughs> ran out of hot cocoa early. <laughs> Uh, that's,
1: that's true. You know, that is good news and bad news at the same time. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we were thrilled. Oh, wow, we already ran out of hot cocoa. More people came as expected. Oh, no, we ran out of hot cocoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: It's a great problem to have. It is, it is. But
1: we learn. We learn. We learn uh, for the next time. And also, this event is going to be b- monthly. So that was only the first event. And then we will have more. We plan to have four events in spring and four events in fall.
0: We, you know, we talked about how to build community. Um, what steps are the business school taking to really promote the discussion of diversity and belonging amongst its faculty, staff, and students?
1: I think it's more at the curriculum level. Okay. Uh, first of all, all the business 1101 students, the first year freshman students, they hear me talking about Christ and diversity and belonging. So they hear about um, the biblical perspective of Christ of uh, diversity and belonging, and then my hope is to strengthen their faith in this concept, um, and strengthen their faith of the biblical teaching. But then, in terms of the practicality, like you really need to have the wisdom and um, the guiding of the Holy Spirit to decide what to do in every occasion, right? right. It's just like when we are um, teaching our business students, we don't just teach them about this is what you do, this is what, what you do. But we wanted to get to the root cause of the situations in mm-hmm. order to tackle the symptoms. Right. right? And so in that regard, and then also in our... Management courses, I will say. I'm sure many other courses as well. The instructors incorporated, in, uh, incorporated the diversity discussions in their, in their study. Um, for instance, organizational behavior and leadership. This course lends itself very naturally in the diversity conversation, right? right? So I think all the instructors are intentional about incorporating those concepts in their discussion of, for instance, groups right, and group dynamics and individual differences and teams. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so those, those concepts are embedded in there. And then for faculty and staff, it has always been part of our faculty development mm-hmm. um, events. Last year, we had a workshop hosted by a practitioner, a business professional, so she had HR background. She also a solid. She's also a solid Christian, so she came in to host a workshop on christ Center diversity um, in our teaching, in our interacting with the students. And then um, this coming spring, we're gonna have a similar um, workshop for faculty, just to give us some ideas of how to better incorporate diversity and belonging issues. Um, in our day-to-day dealing with the students and also how we might better um, convey the concepts to the students. Right.
0: Looking forward, and, you know, we've discussed a lot of the great work that um, has already been taken to address the concerns that some people may have. What are some big long-term goals for Mm -hmm. diversity and belonging? Mm -hmm, mm
1: -hmm. I think for me, I would love for us to combine The experiential and innovative learning and christ the diversity. Mm -hmm. So in the long run, I wanted our students to learn diversity by doing, learn diversity by serving. I think that's the best way to develop empathy, compassion, understanding, humility, knowing that we don't know it all. So doing that, I'm I'm hoping that in the long run, we will be better um, partner with local Waco community. Because look look around, we have quite a diverse community around us. But I think we can um, better educate our students and better enhance their educational experiences by engaging with the community and also to reach out to our community. And so this is truly, this can really be a win-win situation. Um, so some examples include our accounting department already has a program called VITA, mm-hmm. that's Voluntary Income Tax Assistance Program. And So the accounting students will go to some Waco ISD uh, schools to help the parents filing uh, taxes, mm-hmm. tax returns. And this is a great training for our students not only in their professional skills, but also working with people who are very, very different. Um, And it also helps local community. So I'm hoping in the future, we will explore more such partnership opportunities, learn diversity by serving, learn diversity by learning. So through this service learning, experiential learning, uh, engaging with diverse population firsthand, Mm -hmm. we can uh, develop those virtues that we mentioned earlier.
0: So, what you just said about the Vita program reminds me of something I've heard you say before, which is, you know, Christ's love should be shared, lived, and experienced. How are we, you know, sharing, living, and experiencing the Christ-centered diversity and belonging um, through God's love and through Christ's love within the walls of the business school?
1: Mm-hmm. I think the Revelation seven nine passage that I referred to earlier. Uh, talks about the ideal picture of the kingdom, right? And I was also referring to uh, the unity and the purpose of standing before the throne and before the Lamb. So ultimately, our hope is that this business school, this place will be a place where the love of Christ is lived, experienced. And then out of that, flowing out of this lived and lived experience we share mm-hmm. and then if we have enough of the diversity within our community within our our uh, business school population then we need to cultivate a better sense of belonging if we don't then we need to intentionally outreach right reach out to reach out to people who are also incredibly valuable simply because they were also created in God's image, but they probably do not enjoy the same level of resources as we do. So I see that as our work here. And then in terms of just cultivating that love of Christ within the business school, several things are taking place. Uh, First of all, at the beginning of the fall semester, we conducted the first ever Welcome to Hangarmer event, and the goal of that event is for hospitality and also to share with our first-year business students the reason why we do things here, right? And the analogy I could think of is um, coming to someone's Thanksgiving dinner, coming to their family, you know, the food was wonderful, the hospitality was great, but if nobody explained to you why we do things here, all right. Why we eat this particular dish and why why we are having these family traditions, then you probably would not feel as an insider. Right. Would not feel as um, the, the same level of hospitality. So in a similar in a similar spirit, we conducted this welcome to Hankerman events. Uh, in that event, the dean and three associate deans, we shared our perspectives of how Uh, we came to faith and how this faith has informed the way we see our professions and how business school, how Hankamer School business is different from other business school as a Christian school. So basically just to lay out to the students why we do things the way we do here and what they can expect. And we extend that hospitality and the invitation to everybody and say, we explain this to you and we hope you will have full experience in this business school. So that's the first thing we, part of the, Uh, new student experience we incorporated. And then also we have this weekly prayer meetings also taking place. And the idea is that on the weekly basis, people can gather to lay out our concern in front of the Lord, and we can pray for one another. We also designed a mechanism for students, faculty, staff, everybody to scan in their prayer request on anonymously. So if you don't want people to identify who you are, but you do have something that you wanted people to pray for you to bring it to the throne of the Lamb, then we have people doing that for you. And then that's another way to cultivate community, that sense of belonging. And then another thing we are doing is we have this peer leaders program. And peer leaders program is also part of the student experience. Last year we piloted it. Mm-hmm. Um, the, undergrad stu- the, the undergrad office did such a wonderful job designing the curriculum and um, did a lot of research on how such a curriculum can be successful, can be helpful. Um, so because it was so successful, we decided to scale up the program this year. And uh, through this program, the underclassmen, the freshman students, paired up with uh, senior or junior students as their peer mentor. And these peer mentor and the mentees, they meet every other week in class to address um, different areas of concerns, um, the academic, social, um, physical, spiritual, mental, financial, the different six or seven areas of concerns. Right. and we have different speakers coming in to address those different concerns. And then then in the weeks when they are not meeting in class, they meet with their peer leaders. So in a way, we wanted the students to feel that there is a built-in community for them to get connected. Mm -hmm. So if, let's say, I was a first-gen student. When I was in college, I had no idea how to do college. right? Right. I didn't even know what questions to ask. And I didn't know who I can ask. Mm -hmm. I wish I had something like this to hold me, right, to hold me. And so that I did not even need to know the questions because I had no idea what questions to ask. So these are some of the things that we try to do just in our day-to-day to cultivate the sense of belonging. And then ultimately, like I mentioned earlier, I'm hoping when this love is well experienced and well lived, and out of this love, we will reach out and to increase, enhance this diversity. We need to cultivate these these things first.
0: Absolutely. Uh, So Cindy, is there anything else that you would like to add to our discussion today?
1: I think I wanted to emphasize that we intentionally call our initiative christ Center diversity and belonging initiative, talking about the diversity work and belonging work that we Christians can do. This is a great space of work and we need to focus on what the biblical mandates are. And the Bible is not against diversity, but it is how we approach it. And then by steering away from the controversial wording, divisive wording, I think this terminology will help us focus on What does the Bible say about diversity? What did Jesus show us in terms of being a role model for belonging? And what can we learn from our role model, the ultimate role model, Jesus Christ? So I think using this terminology is a good reminder for us, um, for us Christians and for us as a Christian school to focus on the good work in the space that we can engage in.
0: Absolutely. Cindy, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today, and um, I look forward to seeing what else you and your committee are able to do, and um, just so thankful for all of your work you've done so far.
1: Absolutely. I have a wonderful CCDB council, and they are are just absolutely brilliant. So yeah, I'm looking forward to what we can come up with as well.
0: (laughs) That's great. We look forward to seeing it. All right. Thank you for listening to the Innovative Business Podcast from the Hankhammer School of Business. If you want to check out more episodes of Innovative Business or the Business Review Podcast from CJ Jackson, go to hankhammer.balor.edu slash podcast. And if you would like to know even more about research and alumni stories from the Hankhammer School of Business, go to bbr.baylor.edu.